Hey, listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. We are now week, I don't know, 16, 17, 25, 52 into this whole COVID thing. Who knows how long it's been? I think we're going by years what, now. I don't even know what day it is anymore, Brian. Who, is it Thursday? Friday? The sun is up. That's all I know right now. As we record this, yes, we're going to be moving soon to sundials. We're going to go back to sundials to tell what time it is. I just, I can't tell anymore. It's a big blur. It is. And your ministry is probably that way too, listeners. It's been a big blur over the last several weeks, and, and it just seems like it's thing after thing after thing. You know, there's uh, it's not just COVID. It has to be murder hornets. You know, there's always something. I don't even know what's next. So we're just we're nothing is a surprise anymore. Uh, so anyhow, this is the context within which we record. You've already heard, listeners, the voice of Brian Dimbozik. My good friend, managing editor of the Gospel Project and the publishing team leader for the Gospel Project for Kids. He's joining us today uh, on the podcast. It's always awesome to have Brian on because we just have good conversation, Brian, when we get together. Maybe too much fun you and I have, but... Too much. And I I noticed yesterday in a meeting that you and I, although people can't see us, we can see one another because everything we do is through Zoom these days. So, you know, you're a little square on my computer, but yesterday in a meeting, we we both have the same haircut, you know, which is small. Yeah, yeah. There's there's bald, (laughs) there's being bald and there's shaving your head. And so I would argue that, you know, this, we are head shavers because that's, that's voluntary where being bald is involuntary. So that's where I draw the line there. It's a voluntary I don't know. I'm bald shaving. in the front and head shaving in the back. You, it's like, you're like, it's the mullet of baldness. I am. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we both have beards and our beards are both getting a little bit gray. We were both wearing gray t-shirts and we were just twinning a little bit yesterday. I, I just so, think you look sharp. If Well, I thought you looked really good. So there you go. So anyhow, I thought based on that, we've got to have Brian on the podcast so we can get together to talk. We have another guest with us today who's the real guest. And she is the one that we really want to talk to, not each other, because we can do this anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Although we're very entertaining, I'm sure. So we have with us today our friend, a great friend of ours of of Lifeway Kids, Trillia Newble. And I want to talk to you about that name in a moment, Trillia. We've had that conversation before, but I want to hear that. So Trillia, for those of you who don't know her, she does all kinds of things. So she's she's a voice. Uh, She's a, a, a great communicator, but she's She's a commentator on uh, World Radio, I think, for World Radio. She speaks at conferences. I know she's been featured at the, the Gospel Coalition Women's Conference at South, Southeastern Theological Seminary. She's spoken at our own Etch Conference. She's been on our main stage. And we're talking with her about being with us this October for Etch Live, our virtual event. So we hope to be able to make that happen. She's an author. She's a speaker. She's a podcaster. She's a blogger. She's a mom. She's a wife. She's just an all-around great person. And so, uh, but, so Trillia's here. Hi, Trillia. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thanks so for I, having me. I want to talk to you about your last name because we have ways of pronouncing things or, or within where we live. We all live in Middle Tennessee. I would probably, in the first time I read your name, say Newbell. But you say Newble. Isn't that what your husband says? Just the opposite. We're oh, the opposite. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So we're New Bell. But what's funny is that my husband's father, he says his last name as Newble. Newble. Yeah. And he is from um, Middle Tennessee, pretty Southern. And, and so he says 
Nubel, but we say Nubel. See, so he, most... he just says Nubel because of the, like the Southern thing. It's so. not like your your husband said, I'm going to, you know, go astray from my father and change our last name. I don't actually, I need to ask him that. But I <laughs> I don't think he was just rebelling against his dad. But I, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's an accent. And so we say he, my husband's name is Thurn, which is another story. So Thurn, it's Thurn yeah. and Trillia Newbell. <laughs> now, but, so is Thurn short for something? Or no. is it Thurn? No, it's Thurn. Thurn. Okay. It's yeah. such a cool, it unique name. It's supposed to be Theron. So, okay, uh-huh. so today's podcast is on names. It's on but names yeah. and pronunciation. It, with well, that I understanding, would. it sounds like your husband did rebel and say, with this first name and last name, Dad, rebel. I'm going to show you. You know, yeah, we he didn't have, they didn't even give him a middle name. It's just Thurn Newbell, which is so funny. Anyway. And he's not such a rebel, not so much a rebel as a rub, rebel. A rebel, <laughs> a rebel. Yeah. <laughs> so there is something in Tennessee about the way they pronounce names. So I just thought it would be fun to have a little bit of name conversation here. So Trillia Nubel, we're so thrilled to have you today. So so listeners, Trillia, uh, as I mentioned, she's an accomplished writer and speaker and, and commentator and really a thought leader. Uh, but a lot of where she spends her time is on uh, issues of faith and family and also talking about diversity uh, from a Christian perspective. And so that's what we want to talk about today. Um, Trillia has two books. Actually, she has multiple books. Uh, probably, I don't know if I can count them. Trillia, do you want to list off all the books or should we just do that in the show notes? But yeah. she's got a couple that, that stood out to me as we were talking about uh, conversations that we might have on the podcast. Um, one of her newer books is God's Very Good Idea, which is a book for kids. And so we want to talk here about that. But also she has a book called United. Uh, and United is, uh, the subtitle is Captured by God's Vision for Diversity. Um, as we talk with our listeners and our leaders, there's stuff going on in our culture that that's difficult for, for all of us to, um, to be able to process. But for those of us who are leaders in our churches, um, we really need to make sure that we handle our response uh, in a way that's godly, biblical. Um, we need to set a good example uh, in, in word and in deed. And we really, a lot of us need some help in knowing what's the best way to navigate some of the things that we see in our culture that that may be uncomfortable or difficult. And so we wanted to have Trillia on to spend a little bit of time having some, some conversation around this idea of unity in the context of diversity. So Trillia, maybe tell us a little bit about United. What was it that inspired that, uh, that topic for that book for you? And just kind of give us a little synopsis. Yeah. So United is the full title is United Captured by God's Vision for Diversity. And that really sums it up. I was before I became a Christian, I became a Christian at the age of 22. So as an adult, but before I became a Christian, I had a desire for um, diversity and unity, but it wasn't grounded in God's truth because I didn't know it. But then when I became a Christian and I started reading my Bible, I saw, oh my goodness, some of these desires that I had were rooted in, because I'm an image bearer. I just, that was Mm. the Lord's, he was, he was leading me into, in a way to image him. And, um, and so I, from Genesis to Revelation, I just saw this beautiful picture of God 
creating people, ascending him, redeeming, and um, and there's reconciliation, a cosmic reality of that. And so, so that's how that book was birthed. But it was also kind of, it's a little bit memoir-ish in that I tell my story of being in a predominantly white church and how I navigated that and my desire for diversity and how it it was a God-given desire because we are called to make disciples of all nations and we will one day be together with all nations. And so mm. it is, it's kind of a, a memoir-ish plus a, a, a very, like a prim, primer, primer, is there a primer or primer? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's Nubel it's or Nubel. Nubel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Primer um, and primer both work. <laughs> of the, of uh of, of racial reconciliation and in what that means hmm. a biblical well, treatment of it yeah absolutely yeah well i mean we know and you reference in, in your book that you know the idea that we know that in heaven you know that we're gonna there's gonna be every nation every tribe every tongue joined together in perfect unity we just don't see that here on earth yet to the degree that we would hope not even a little yeah yeah yeah, yeah i mean it is oh that day when we are without sin and we see as God does and we love as God's called us to perfect unity, what a day that will be. Mm. We are not there. And one of the things that I have come to terms with is we will never be there. We just won't in this broken world, in this already, but not yet. We're going to be longing and waiting for that perfection until Jesus returns. And so what the aim isn't for perfection, because we're not going to get that, but it's to be more and more like what we will experience, more and more like Christ as individuals being transformed from one degree of glory to the next. So we repent, we confess, we we pursue one another because God has called us to love him with all of our hearts, mind, soul, strength, and to love each other as mm. ourselves. So we need to, we work towards that. Um, cosmic reality is that it's already been done. So we need to, we work towards it imperfectly, but with earnestness, you know, earnestly working and seeking to obey God and his commands. Truly, I'm, I'm curious, you know, with with what has been going on in our culture recently, and uh, we see this, it seems like it comes in ebbs and flows, uh, that unfortunately, sadly and tragically, it takes uh, something sobering to kind of jar the predominant white culture, especially in America, to kind of take notice to what's going on. And it seems like it's it's top of the news on everybody's mind and then it'll die away hmm. and then it kind of flares up so it's this cycle thing so i'm kind of curious from your your perspective just your read of it of course um based on what you're just saying hey we're nowhere near where we're, we need to be we will not get there because sin will continue to to prevent us from getting there fully but do you see, are we making any progress? Are we kind of treading water? Are we going backwards as a culture? Great question. Um, okay, so I'm going to speak only in the context of the United States. I don't know if you have listeners who are international, but this, what I'm about to say will not 
sure. translate everywhere, though sin does <laughs> and yes. divide does, and that's everywhere. And then you'll see if you when you dive into this topic and really engage ethnic diversity and racial tensions and it is a worldwide epidemic right kind of the epidemic we are in it is worldwide issue we but okay in the context of the united states do we see progress well yes of course we do we see that our laws have changed Mm -hmm. and so those changes in our laws have allowed for progress in society right but as we have seen we need we need both laws and heart change. So um, we need those. We need to be. It is a one hundred percent political issue that policies need to change. We need to um, look at systems. We need to look at policies. We need transformation there. Yes. The unfortunate thing that has happened, or from my limited perspective, but what has happened in the United States is we have assumed, I think, in the church that because our laws have changed, our hearts have changed. And so we haven't dealt with um, what's actually going on in, in our hearts. So yeah. we, we, we don't talk about race or racial mm. reconciliation to the degree in the pulpit I'm speaking mm. of that it needs to be talked about. We aren't talking about division and how it affects our churches to the degree it needs to talk about. And just to put it in the positive, because right now these are all like sin, negative. <laughs> what about the image of God? How many how many um, sermons do you hear about the Imago Day and the implications of that, that all mm. people are made in the image of God? How many sermons have you heard about Ephesians 2 and the reality that, that there's one new man, <laughs> that, the, mm. that Jesus abolishes the dividing wall of hostility? How many? Mm. So there's, there's so many things that I think we are missing in those regards. That keeps keeps us from build, building. Um, that keeps us from uniting together, and 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 keeps us from conf- sin, and keeps us from um, developing, growing, growing in this area. So the answer is yes. We see progress. Yes, we need to continue mm. to progress. You know, it's, I, I couldn't help but notice, Trillia, when you were mentioning how a lot of us will see that laws have changed. And so we assume that we're good and we've missed the heart change. And we fail to go back to the Old Testament and realize how naive that is. Yeah. Uh, God gave us the law and look what happened after that. Did that change the hearts of, mm-hmm. of his? No, look at what they had to go through. And they needed a supernatural work of God on their hearts to change their thinking, to change their heart, the posture of their hearts. Will you write an article point- about that? <laughs> <laughs> That's so really it, good. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> let's, 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 the parallels are, you know, it, 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 it's funny. I hate to use that term because it's not funny. Is this serious? But just to see how we can compartmentalize so easily, um, especially this issue. All right, well, let's, let's turn this to kids for a moment. So let's, let's turn that corner and let's go to God's very good idea. And, you know, we, um, a lot of these issues are political and there are things that as adults, you know, we have all these, uh, all this junk, uh, that's come with us, uh, many of within our culture that that's an adult issue, but we all have the opportunity to influence the next generation and to, and to talk with kids about this so that, 
you know, we can help them think differently and, and lead differently and preach differently. And it, and it really, we have this great opportunity as kids leaders to be a, a voice and an influence. So let's turn the corner with this. How do we, what can we do from our positions as we talk with kids and families, Trillia, to help them um, have, have a better perspective? Well, I want to encourage you that until we have a better perspective, mm. we will not influence our kids, Sue. So yes. really concentrating on the adult aspect of this will only benefit the kids. Mm-hmm. So as we are thinking about how we're thinking about these topics and these issues, and as we are trans- asking God to transform our hearts and minds and renew our minds, and then we're going to be able to educate, serve, disciple our kids mm. better, right? I, I'm i a parent to two children, and I think one of my best discipling tools is that I'm always repenting. <laughs> like yeah. I'm constantly yes. confessing sin and repenting so that they see, oh, mom gets it wrong. Mom needs Jesus. So right. in these conversations, same. Yes, it begins with us. It really does. It begins with us. And then we can disciple our kids. And Mm. so for our kids and, and also don't think they're blind to what's going Mm. on. I, my, my kids are older. So with the younger kids, with God's very good idea, I'm painting a picture of the beauty of diversity and talking about the gospel. It's really just a gospel message and talking about, (laughs) talking about the gospel and, and how God transforms our little hearts. And, and so it's, it's kind of instilling in them, okay, this is what it means to be made in the image of God. And this is what it means that when we sin and Jesus rescues us and we have a, a diverse church. So that's kind of what I'm doing. In, but with my kids who are now 10, almost 11 and 14, they are fully aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it gets a little different. My my 10-year-old daughter was talking to one of her girl her little girlfriends and she told me she goes I was talking to this girl and she said she said I'm I'm scared there's going to be a civil war. My daughter's friend is white and she was expressing her fear. She was like, "Oh." And then and then my daughter who we're biracial, we're an interracial family. So my husband's white, she's biracial. She said my daughter said, oh, no, well, that means I'm, I'm going to be scared for my mom. Mm. And her little friend said, and it makes me want to cry mm. thinking about it, but her little friend said, well, I will take that bullet for her. Mm. And I just, even saying those words, like these are mm. little girls trying to work out, okay, who's going to defend who? And then who's going to step in for who and who? And they're trying to make sense of this. So I immediately, you know, tried to comfort and encourage my daughter and, and try to help her understand and think through. But, but to think that our kids are not aware of what's going on in society mm. is not only naive, it's dangerous. So we need to be discipling. We yes. need to be speaking into this because they are so aware. Mm. They, are, they are more aware than we probably would even imagine they're hearing what we're saying mm-hmm. they're seeing what's on what we're putting on the news they're watching it so the question is what how are we discipling our kids and what are we teaching them and so we have a great responsibility in stewarding their hearts helping them get a biblical view helping them understand what's going on in the world and we've got to understand it ourselves first but 
but it is such an important job. And at the end of the day, I think that we would all agree it's really a gospel. It's a gospel issue. You mentioned that your that your book is really a gospel book. And so how is that? So sometimes we think of the word gospel and just in closing, as we put a bookend on this, we think of the gospel, many leaders as uh, uh, presenting the gospel as a moment of salvation. And in fact, really gospel is is much more than that in regards to how we live out our faith. Yeah. So I think we the gospel is like when we talk about the gospel, it is about our reconciling to God and man, right? So we confess our sin, we place our faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. We, um, yeah, so that, we, we don't want to mix up what the gospel is. The implications of the gospel <laughs> are that we are united together. Jesus died for anyone who would believe that's every tribe, tongue, and nation. Um, there are, there are, implications of the implications of the gospel is that every tribe tongue and nation will be worshiping together so that the bell of hostility has been broken down in the body of jesus christ that's ephesians 2 so I'm, this is all scripture none of this is extra extra biblical this is yes. all in the context of god's word to us so with that in mind i mean thinking of all that we want to make sure that we understand and we apply everything, right? So Jesus commands his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all that he commands. Mm-hmm. So if we don't, if we ignore the topic of ethnicity, we're really ignoring the scriptures. I mean, so many times Paul is rebuking or, or we're, we, we have, I don't know how we can um, talk about the gospel yeah. and not talk about the nations and all people. You know, truly, truly what, what you shared was, was so important that we remember, I mean, narrowly the gospel is about God's work in an individual. We know he saves people as individuals, but we know he saves us as individuals into a family, into right. the church. So there's a community aspect that is, that is dovetailed into the gospel. And so us living out as believers in community and knowing that God created in diversity and the image of God, as we talked about before, you, you fuse these together and it's a really compelling biblical mandate on us to love and love well mm. and model before a watching culture, a watching world, what it should look like instead of what it does look like. Yeah. Jesus so, is the head of the church. Yeah, that's right. So you can't... And if we're if we are um, ushered into a family when we put our faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, then then we we are part. I mean, we have a very very colorful, diverse family. Yes. So so this is of utmost importance that we understand this and that we get this right. Mm. Um, and it will transform the way that we interact and even interact not just with each other but with these topics. Right, because we're going to we're going to be slower to speak. We're going mm-hmm. to d- desire to to love our neighbor. There's just going to be a difference in the way we communicate with one another when we're when we're thinking about um, if we're thinking about each other as 
gospel family. So, yeah. Brian and Trillia, thank you so much for your time. This is such an important conversation for us to have. Leaders, I want to encourage you to to check your hearts first, as Trillia suggested. Really, this begins with us, we as adults. Uh, And so I want to point you towards the two books that we've referenced from Trillia, United, Captured by God's Vision for Diversity, and God's Very Good Idea, which is a a coloring puzzle maze activity book for, for younger children. Uh, that, that is a great way to help them see how God's, uh, God's people from all ethnic and, uh, in, uh, social backgrounds are, are valuable to him. So check out those two books. You can find more information, uh, on Trillia and connect with her at trillianubel.com. And we will include that, uh, producer Trey, let's include a link to that website in the show notes and we'll direct people there. Um, we want to invite you guys to uh, check out the Etch Conference this year. You can find details at etchconference.com. Our family ministry conference happens every October. It's going to look different this year as a virtual event, but there's information right now about registration, and we are looking to increase our reach. Even though we are separated physically, we can come together uh, for our event virtually, which is a great uh, opportunity for us to reach and teach and instruct and encourage more leaders. So bring your teams, check it out at etchconference.com. And as I said, we hope to have Trillia involved in that. So look for her name on the list. Trillia, thank you so much. Thank you. We're glad to have you and listeners. We encourage you to, to uh, look into uh, this topic more through Trillia's website and her books and uh, come back again soon for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. Thank you.